Christian. Hi, hey, 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 hello. Good morning. The Christian O'Connell Show. Yes! Podcast. Hey, thank you very much for downloading this. Sometimes the show is a kind of radiotherapy to me as a dad, a shabby dad, trying to do his best, but sometimes I don't really know what I'm up to. So it is a kind of therapy coming here and sort of using it as a diary to talk about my trials and tribulations with two awesome teenage daughters. So we put this together for you. Here's some of our favourite dad moments from this year on the show. Enjoy. First of all, yesterday I was saying how I was going to be starting a new weekly thing with my 13-year-old daughter and uh, a movie club where once a week we're going to watch a movie. A movie, you know those movies that are about life. They teach us something, they show us something. And then we're going to talk about it afterwards. And I was looking for your recommendations and so many of you said, Stand By Me. So last night we watched Stand By Me. I lit a little fire, closed the curtain, so we made a little kind of cub house there and I made some <laughs> snacks and uh, we sat down with the dogs and the uh, the cats, and then we watched Stand By Me. And I think when I first saw this, I think it came out in 86, I was 13. And uh, I remember watching it with my three best mates. And it is about friendship and what happens as you grow older and enter teens and all, when you start to realise some of the ugly truths about life. And I remember we all watched it, and I remember we all cycled out of there together. We'd cycled all the way there. We felt like it was our movie. It was about us, even though we didn't quite fully know what was coming our way as you go into it. And they talk about the movie. Yeah. They even say, this is it before girls came along. You know, the narrator, Geordie, when he talks about his that's how we were before girls came along. And it's got that... Stephen King is a genius, you know, look at Misery and Shawshank Redemption, which was also a short story, which what this originally was, Stand By Me, called The Body. It's got this great opening line. I was 12 going on 13 the first time I saw a dead human being. What a, it, you're there, aren't you? It just snaps it your attention. It just draws you straight in. The, Richard Dreyfus, the grown-up Geordie. It's about watching it again now, all those years later, watch it now as a dad with my 13-year-old daughter, of course, is going into that world now. Um, uh, and seeing it again as a you know as a forty seven year old, but with my daughter as well, it had an even deeper meaning for me. I love seeing it. My daughter, she absolutely loved it as well. It's about as perfect a movie as you'll ever see. Yeah. Did you ache? Because I mean, Bianca and I watched it as well, inspired by uh, your movie club. We made a little one of our own. The ache of nostalgia that I felt because I was the same. I saw it originally when I was a teenager and I thought, that's a great movie. But mm. now you watch it again, you think about yourself at you that know, age. We and know you more, think don't about we? your friends at that age. And then what happens yeah. from when you're 12 to where you are now? And that's why it's got these two kind of things that I think make it work and stand the test of time. The movie is seen through the children's eyes, mm. you know, the four of them. But it's also seen through this kind of bittersweet knowing of the narrator's voice who has the knowledge of wisdom and time and knows what happens to them all. Already in the opening scene, you know that Chris dies. He's not going to be there. And then when he fades at the end of it, it just, it breaks your heart. It's a, and it's a movie about a loss of innocence, isn't it? Even when they talk about their parents, and some of the parents are very neglectful in the movie, you know, and it's quite brutal at times. And this, there are those dark things and the dark things yeah. that happen to his friends, but... There, it's as you said, viewed through the innocence of childhood. So yeah. everything is a little bit matter of fact about it. It's yeah. a beautiful movie. Yeah, there's a scene that I just loved. There are, there are a couple of scenes that really stand the test of time. There's a scene where um, they're all just throwing pebbles and rocks in a can. Yeah, do you remember when you were that age? Time had no relevance. Yeah. You didn't worry about what you had to do that night, what you no. had to do the next day, what you had to get prepared for whatever's coming up in your life. You're just like, you're in the moment, yeah. completely in the moment. You, you felt like you had your place in the world sorted. And uh, it's an amazing movie. Christian. 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 Christian O'Connell. The Christian O'Connell Show podcast. You know when you wake up in the morning, 
And then sometimes you think about that instant to-do list that drops down and you think, oh, no, I've got that today, whether it's a dentist or whatever. Uh, today was worried about what I've got with this photo shoot. The Herald Sun want to do a feature about us moving here, yep. how my kids have got on, how my wife's got on, how the radio show's gone and all this, which is all great. Mm. However, we've never done a family photo shoot together. And there now, I wish we'd done it years ago when they're eight or nine, Right, I was a golden god to them. Right, yeah. I could do no wrong. They did whatever I told them. They went to bed when I said it. Whereas now, suddenly at fourteen and sixteen, the very worst time, the worst time in the world to do a photo shoot with them. Right, let's just let's just factor in. I've now had to broker a deal to pay them to be in it. No, 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 no. You're oh, the dad, aren't you? The boss. <laughs> but do, you no. know, do you know what they are? It's like being in a house with fundamentalists. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what they are. Fascists. <laughs> if I had a statue to them in my God, I'd be bringing it down right now. And I'd be like, Soaring the legs off. I'd be worshipping the wrong people. Do you know what they do to me? <laughs> Years of misrule. Yesterday, I said, look, please just do it. You know, I rarely mm. ask you to do anything. Mm. I said, it's just something in years to come. You'll be to show maybe your children yeah. about what happened when, you, when we mm. moved to Australia as a family and you might be somewhere else in the world. And my 14-year-old looked me in the eye and calmly said, your need for me to do this is greater than my need to do it. <laughs> and I, it's like she's seen through the dad matrix. Yeah. I was like, can you be my agent? I'm going to sack that guy. Oh, God. That's, that's, I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So where do you start with negotiations? Yeah, I mean, what? you don't have to put a dollar figure on it, but oh, are they making they good bank? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Not just that. They both go to me like this. When I agreed the deal with both of them, right, so yep. uh, they're both getting the same amount of money, they both go, and cash. Oh. <laughs> what else are you going to do? Keep Going off the books. bank account? Yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we give you a discount for cash. So if we've got to go through the whole tax thing, then it's going to be a bit higher. We're not paying GST on this one again, Dad. Like doing the dog poo pick. Okay. Hi. Christian, Christian, Christian O'Connell. The Christian O'Connell Show. As always, this show sometimes is therapy for me. I need to talk to you about a terrifying incident that happened in the house yesterday. I heard this crash, this crashing noise, and it was a really big crash as well. (laughs) (laughs) The wife goes, Chris, you hear that? (laughs) (laughs) I heard silence now. Of course I heard it. I went, yeah. (laughs) And she goes, you're going to go and see what's there? So I get up real soon. You know that thing? You go, uh, uh, hoping that someone's going to interrupt the game. And then I, uh, by the time I get off the couch, there's this, this is the sound. And now I'm starting to run going, what they actually sounds like someone's got into the house. (laughs) I go running down, I go into my little office and there are, you know, like a movie when there's been a pillow fight and there are feathers in the air and on the floor. That's what they're there. And my cat, Larry, right? The crash is obviously a bird must have flown into the study. He has this bird in his mouth that's flapping around, but it's in Larry the cat's neck. Larry, like I said, he's, he's on a diet at the moment. It ain't going very well. He's Trump-sized. Well, now he's pulling birds out of the air. Yeah, he? but now he's like puffed up. Cats, when they get that, and his eyes are all dilated, right? He's, I'm looking at a madman, not Larry, this beautiful cat. And I go, Larry, 
I had to try to reason with them. I went, Larry, drop that bird. Okay, like it's one of the dogs, because they will respond, won't yeah. they? Yeah. Like, Larry looks at me like I don't compute. And I go, Larry, drop the bird. Then my wife goes, oh, God, Chris, there's not a bird in the house. My wife is terrified <laughs> of birds. She goes running into the bedroom like it's a panic room. Slams the door, right? <laughs> The kids come running out holding their phones. You know what they do? Like everything. If it's not being filmed, it's not happening. I could put them down. You don't want to see this. It's carnage. They take a look around the corner to see this poor bird, right, in Larry the cat's mouth. And they go running, screaming upstairs. I then have to trap myself. I shut the door behind me. It's me, Larry, and this flapping bird, right? I go, Larry, drop the bird, right? Larry doesn't want to drop the bird, right? I then. To, no. Hold, get it out of Larry's mouth. Oh, prize out of the yeah, mouth. He's going backwards, forward, and I'm going, Larry, drop the bird. <laughs> Gotta come, Larry. I then have to, like a dentist with a reluctant patient, <laughs> prize open <laughs> the jaws, right? And it's just revolting, right? The oh. cat goes, looks at me, and drops it. Like <laughs> you ruined my day. <laughs> The bird starts to flap around. Oh, they just make me so squeamish. I have to then spend a while trying to catch the bird, right? Catch the bird. And I'm doing that squeamish thing. (laughs) I would not be good on that SAS show. (laughs) It's cold in here, officer. It's like flapping around. I'm trying to help you. Right, and I, I open the study door, then I run to the front door, throw open the front door. This dumb bird... So flies up and comes straight back over my head into the house. I'm like, oh no. It's now bouncing off the wall. Like this just flapping around, like there's feathers everywhere. It's like when you kick a guy out of a bar fight and he's like, I'm going straight back in there. We're doing it for your safety, sir. Bouncing off the walls. And now, unfortunately, he is emptying his bowels everywhere. everywhere. I don't know whether they do that to let off some fuel or something. They can get even quicker. He's now, and Sarah's going, Sarah's going, has it come back in? And I go, I'm trying to deal with it. I then have to run through the house. I get hold of this bird again. This time I walk out onto the street. Oh, just some, to see me, like a grenade that's about to blow. Give her a leg. Don't throw the bird. And it flaps up in the air. Flies away. As I look back at the house, all I see, right, my two teenage daughters in their bedrooms pressed against the window. Larry the cat downstairs looking really, really fed up. The Christian O'Connell Show Podcast.